Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello, welcome to OK-ish. Happy Wednesday. So glad you're with me here today. And we have someone else with us here today. I'm so, so excited to talk to Jeff. Jeffrey Hoffman is founder of Visible Man, a men's mental health community aimed at preventing male suicide and destigmatizing men's mental health. Jeff started Visible Man in 2018 after struggling with depression and suicidality while going through divorce and family estrangement, making him feel invisible and recognizing the need for a space for men to connect and find support. Visible Man is a free forum with men and women from around the world actively engaged in mental health discussions. The space is LGBTQ plus friendly and actively moderated by men and women, including members of the LGBTQ plus community and mental health professionals. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Mary Ellen. Thanks for having me. I feel like I've known you for a really long time, but I don't really know you that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, social media has that weird effect, you know? It's like I've seen, well, yeah, I mean, we I've seen your face and like I know, you know, your story and that kind of stuff. And I actually ran into you in person and that was like a, a strange uh, it was like a social media connect in real life kind of thing. That was... For everyone listening, it was actually awesome. I was walking my dog and a friend of mine had said, hey, you should connect with Jeff. He's doing this mental health um, community. Like you guys should talk. So I think we had emailed a few times, like let's connect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it was during COVID. So we never, I'm flaky right. with that kind of stuff. So like, I don't, we never ended up connecting. And then I'm walking my dog one day and someone comes up to me and says, are you Mary Ellen? <laughs> I've never been stopped before. I feel really famous. Like, I like I can't tell you how good that was for my self esteem. <laughs> oh, good, good. I f- I felt weird saying it because I never want to approach a woman without you know. I'm like I I stayed like thirty feet away. I'm like, hey, I'm a guy from the internet, but I'm really safe. I swear. I just... It's okay. It was during the day. There were people around. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I made a lot of noise. Well, and it's funny because we realized I have since moved, but at the time we lived like a street apart from each other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, literally. Oh my gosh. Street over. Yeah. What a small world. Yeah. What a small world. So before we get into anything, because I have like a thousand questions for you, can you explain a little bit more about like what Visible Man is? Sure. Uh, it's a it's a way for guys to connect with each other and with professionals and. It is literally a Discord server, um, which is an online chat server that it actually started gamers, um, started using it to communicate with each other while they gamed. Um, And I was looking for a platform that would be online because we started out as in-person groups at Rock Covery Fitness. We'd meet once a month. And uh, when the pandemic hit, we had to go online. So we started a Discord server and uh, it's free. You can join um, if you go to our website, which we'll get to later. And uh, we have guest speakers, usually from the mental health field, just experts in their field. And we uh, they'll come into the server and chat with us and we record those and publish those as a podcast. Um, and we've just started a new thing called VM Live, 
where um, the some of the original guys that were in the chat that have become honestly my really close friends, um, we have just guys chatting about their lives, but in a very vulnerable, open, honest way. So our intent is to um, demonstrate that that can be done and model it for others and kind of give people a window like to be a fly on the wall, to be what it's like. So it's a way for guys to connect. And there's there's um, a few therapists in the chat. It's all voluntary, so uh, we're not a crisis center, to be clear about that. Um, but um, we have had crises, and we have involved professionals when necessary. Um, so our intent is to cast a wider net for men to be involved in the discussion without necessarily having to walk into a therapy office, but maybe dipping their toe in to see what might be easier to talk about. Um, and we do have a public section where everybody's involved, um, men and women. Um, and we have great discussions out there. We have visible women, we call them, uh, with that title. And um, they moderate the discussion in that part. And then we have, in the men's part, uh, you have to be voice verified. So we just have a quick phone call to make sure that you're over 18 and um, are a guy or identify as a guy. And um, then, then you're welcome into the server. Wow. So, I mean, I know I read it a little bit when I just read your bio, but if you feel comfortable, like what made you start this? Like you saw a gap in services, like you saw a gap in the community. And I just want to hear more about that because it's true. Like there, you know, I'm not a man, but there, from what I see, men are not as forthcoming about their feelings as women are all the time. And so what kind of like led you to this? I like to say that men suck at sharing feelings. <laughs> There's a qualifier with, at, at sharing feelings because we do. We're not we're not brought up that way. Um, and when I was going through, so I'm divorced. And when I was going through my divorce, at the same time, I talk about my life experience. My oh, I have two daughters. My older daughter went through some uh, mental health crises. We'll put it that way, and um, it really affected the family. At the same time that the divorce was happening, and at the same time, many of my family stopped talking to me because of that family crisis. So I just felt completely alone. I was drinking a lot and had to move out, and it was it was the worst time of my life. And what struck me was if the, I knew had guys in my life that I'd known for maybe ten years, and under the right circumstances. I could ferret out the fact that we had a lot in common. So we would find something like, oh man, you're going to get divorced too? And like I'd known the guy, but we not we had not once had we sh- shared that, but we were having these parallel struggles. But I think bec- I think partially because guys don't really have that communication mechanism paved, there isn't like a pathway for us to go, oh yeah, this is where every Thursday we get together and talk about our relation. No, we don't do that. Um, or, you know, or I'm, I'm drinking and I want an accountability partner. I want to go to the gym or I'm going through a breakup or I want to come out and I'm not sure how to do that. Or, you know, um, there's not really, um, uh, we don't do that very well. So, um, once, uh, but maybe two or three years after that low point, I had enough strength to start the conversation and I, and I just, started putting myself out there. I started on social media, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was interesting because I, my relationship with social media and with the current state of visible man is pretty different because when I would start, I had Instagram posts and I would 
there's one post I have of me. It's like a double exposure picture where I took a picture of myself literally slumped over and drunk and crying on the floor. And then I took the same picture like a year ago. So I was much better and I'm sitting in the same spot and I overlaid the pictures. It took so much out of me to post that. And I, and you know, I only got a few likes or I got a bunch of likes. But when I, what I realized was missing was the connection, the feedback, the, you know, I could have, in the grand scheme of things, I don't have that many followers, but um, it, it wasn't what I was looking for. Um, So I, I met a guy through Instagram. Actually, we've become best friends and he helps me run visible man but i was looking for the connection so i kind of forgot where the question started i'm just talking no i love (laughs) this i I love that so you were going through a divorce your your daughter was having some mental health struggles and you're in this horrible time in your life and then you said like two to three years later is when you decided to start visible man is that correct yep yeah that's about right yep so those two to three years must have been fucking horrible they were terrible they were i oh my gosh I'm just like so in awe right now by your strength. Like, how did you go from drunk, slumped over, crying on the kitchen floor to being like, I'm going to connect with other people and help them? How did that happen? <laughs> it's like, it's like a before and after picture of like some like, you know, ripped guy that's like before, like how oh, he lost 800 or whatever. <laughs> God, if I think, so the components that I'll mention that got me to where I am now are the things that people would tell me I needed when I was at those low points. And I just wasn't ready to feel yeah. that or do that, oh, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much lost all my friend network from before when I was married because most of my friends were through my spouse. So um, I, I built a friend network um, of people that liked me for who I am, people that you know, they didn't judge me um, and they loved me yeah. unconditionally. So, you know, that's one thing. Um, I found friends <laughs> that like me. Um, therapy, I had been going to therapy throughout the whole time. Um, as soon as we decided to separate, we put our kids in therapy and I started to go to therapy. So there was a trajectory, there was a continuity of a professional, you know, next to me helping me through it. Well, and good for you for continuing to go to therapy. You know, a lot of people stop therapy or not show up for therapy when it's too hard, when they can't get out of bed, when they're, you know, like, and so, so good for you for maintaining that. Mm, Thanks. I definitely had my days. I definitely, definitely didn't show up to appointments. Definitely was hung over for a few, you know, um, but there was, I remember a big transition because, you know, in the marriage, I felt like it was my fault that the marriage ended which is a common thing. Well, I can talk about that, how guys feel about that situation from my discussions on the server. But um, I felt like it was my fault. And so I felt I had to go to therapy to fix myself. And I did it for the marriage. That's why I went. That's why That's why I stepped foot in the door. Because okay. you wanted to save the marriage. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I don't know how long, maybe after a year of you know of being in that situation... I realized that it was for me, you know, that like I'm, it's like me going to the gym for somebody else. It's like, no, this is for, this is my back. I have to live with the my life, my quad that are going to get sore, not somebody else's, you know? Um, right. And then it was, that was sort of a, a big shift where I started showing up for myself and I started, it was like, it was like I, 
didn't have glasses and then I put them on. I was like, oh my gosh, this thing <laughs> is like, oh, that person who I've known for so many years, I don't like that behavior, but I've always put up with it. And now I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to lose a friend. And it would happen over and like it would happen where the healthier I got, the more my relationships change globally, you know, people that I would associate with at work and behaviors that I would tolerate. And I, and I would, it was <laughs> what I, <laughs> what I think of is I would meet guys occasionally that would go to therapy. They'd have some kind of mental health language in their vernacular that they would speak about. Mm. Um, and I wish there was a hand signal or something or like a t-shirt or a bracelet to be like, <laughs> I speak that language and I'm okay. I'm okay you know, walking up to you and saying, I, I just need intimacy in my life. And like, what guy says that, you know, or like, what we do say is other stuff. Um, but there is like a layer beneath that, that um, I, I want, um, I want to find those guys and connect them. And I want other guys to meet them and, and be like, wait, I, I, I always thought that, you know, somebody with this kind of diagnosis was this way, but this guy's my friend, and he's actually that way. So, Maybe it's okay to, maybe you can be what I would consider a normal person and like have that diagnosis. Like that's, we're just people with experiences. Um, So I think one of the, one of the things I want visible men to do is to have men be exemplars for other men to kind of destigmatize and show that, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. I go to therapy and I'm not afraid to get up on a stage and tell you that I do. I mean, I tell you everything I share with my therapist, but I'll tell you what the process is like. I'll tell you my experience with medication, my struggles with addiction and how my coping mechanisms, what's a cope, you know, like, I kind of want to cast a wider net so that that language becomes more normalized. Well, I love that you're saying that because obviously like that's what this podcast is all about, right? And so I'm a therapist, as you know, and so I am in therapy sessions all day with clients and I go see my own therapist. I tell everyone that I go see my own therapist. I'd be a hypocritical if I didn't and I love it love my therapist, but then I'll like see people in the outside world and certain language that I'll be using. Like I forget that people aren't used to that. Right. And so I get so much feedback from people that are like, oh my gosh, like you're so honest. You're so open. <laughs> and and I am those things, but also like, I'm just so accustomed to saying words like intimacy and boundaries and validation and like, just like all these things that other people are like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're um, the domain expert, but the domain is our lives. I mean, that it, it's a language that it's like, I love body language. I love being in a situation and seeing like, oh, okay, something switched there. I don't know what it was. And it, as soon as you see that as a dimension of the the whole package of communication, you can't unsee it, you know? <laughs> and to be able to share that Things like a discussion of boundaries, you know, in a discussion with a friend that has always overstepped them to recognize that in yourself and be like, oh, I don't like it when he steps over my boundaries. And that's why I feel that way. And I'm going to say that. And when you do say that, it's like, whoa, that was really stark, you know, because people aren't used to that. But it's really healthy to do that. Well, and also bringing bringing the two worlds together. So bringing the world of, I, I've heard of these terms. I think I know what it means, but I don't really. So the example I'm going to use is I had a client the other day who she came to me and she was like, so do you think, do you think this person in my life 
has an anxious attachment style. And I'm like, look, we're not here to diagnose other people, blah, 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 blah. But then she's like talking about like the relationship and it's clearly very codependent, right? And she's a smart person. She's heard the word codependent, but she didn't quite know what it meant, didn't quite realize how this was affecting her. And then we put words together and she was like, oh shit, that is codependent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's almost like, um, yeah, like the glasses analogy where, You've experienced these things and, you know, not to any, not not to anybody's fault. They just don't know any different. If you look at, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the relationships that they came from or their, their upbringing or whatever, it's like, they don't, it's normal. It's typical. It's common in their life to experience it. Well, of course you come on when you're afraid of your, you know, parent for this, because that's going to happen. That's what always happens. Right. And like, no, that, that doesn't always happen, you know, but you get used to it. And so as soon as you have it identified, it's kind of it's it's jarring in the way of like stepping on the scale. You're like, I didn't know what my weight was. Now I do. Now I do. But now I know what to do. Now I know what I have to do, but now I can't unknow that. Right, that right. Thing. So how, going back a little bit, so how did, so you're in therapy and you're going through this time where you're drinking, you're, you're very depressed, but you're still going to therapy, which is great. Again, how did that go to, I'm going to start Visible Man? Like what, I don't know if you had like a moment. I don't know if this has always been an idea for you. So my training is in engineering, and I was either between engineers are the worst at feelings. We, we suck. We yeah, we don't have them. We just calculate stuff in Excel. But it was either that or psychology that I was going to go into when I was in high school. I was like, ah, oh, which one of the two? So I realized that valuing connecting with people feels good to me. But what I think there was a switch for me, and it I, it wasn't a moment or an event, but it was like a like a. Like when the tide comes in and goes out, it was like a, it was like a shift in my perspective. And I I guess one quote that comes to mind is my brother-in-law shared it with me. I don't know who originally had it, but it was, you have one choice to make today and it's either to let something happen or make it happen. I like that. Yeah. And it's, I think it was a shift in my perspective that I was like, I, I can put myself down and be afraid and be held back by my fears. But what's the worst that happened? What's the literally what's the worst that can happen? Because at this point, I had almost lost my daughter to suicide. I had my relationship with my parents has been completely changed. Um, I'd lost my marriage. I was drunk. You know, I was like, what? What's what's next? What you know, like how how bad can this get? And it can get worse. But I was like, if if those things can happen and I can still function, why you know why? How much worse can it get? So why don't I put myself out there as an example of somebody who's been through some stuff and they still made it? And I think it was just a perspective of addressing those fears of what's the worst that can happen and then just putting myself out there. Wow. And I'm sure that, I mean, I'm sure that you continue to go through life struggles as we all do, but I'm sure that in your mind, it was like, you wish that something like Visible Man had existed when you were in the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, there are men's groups out there. You know, I think most churches have a men's group. There's several national organizations that are built around supporting men. You know, I, I was unaware of them when I was in my struggle. Like, if somebody tells me that they go to therapy, I kind of... I have a new respect for them in one way. And it's not because they necessarily go to therapy. It's because they've made the choice to improve themselves. And 
I do wish that something like Visible Man was out there when I was at my lowest point. And I still wonder how I would, what's the best way to reach, what would have been the best way to reach me? Um, Because I was pretty resistant if some, you know, defensive about my behaviors and choices. One of the things I want to do with Visible Men is, is to reach men where they're at, is to not expect them to walk in the door, but to go out and find them. Because um, they won't walk in the door. When we're in that state, we're not going to be the ones making the first step. Right. Yeah. It, it It's to make a safe place to um, in, make that introduction, to kind of soften the boundaries. Um and, you know, we go out and look for guys all over the place. So, so far, it's been mostly word of mouth, but we've advertised, like, in small ways. A lot of times it comes through a friend. You know, hey, I know this organization. Sometimes friends don't want to join because they know that you're in there. They're like, like, if I come in, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. And I don't want to <laughs> share my stuff with, you know. Yeah, it, that's probably, it's like a riddle. Like, how do, how, do we, how do we find and reach men and get them to open up? Because there's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know, more than anybody about the statistic about male suicide, that men die at a rate four times that of women. Women attempt more, men complete more. Um, and so there's a problem. <laughs> the- there's, a, there's a problem. Men, men tend to, I believe that part of the reason that statistic is that way is because men tend to use more fatal modes of attempting. Yeah. More, yeah, more fatal <laughs> means or like, um, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, there's also, I think men have a higher, and I'm going to go out on a limb and I won't be able to cite sources right now, but on my website I do, that alcoholism and addiction is more common um, among men. So we, we, you know, I think that's one of the misconceptions is that like stoic men that are not emotional and like you can't reach them. Like, no, they're in there. They're in there. Like, we're in there. We're, we're just as complicated. I used to think men are so simple. <laughs> like, it doesn't take, doesn't take much. Men are, doesn't take much to please us, right? Like, but it it does. I mean, we're, we're just as complicated just in different ways as women. Um, and uh, I think that's, you know, getting, getting past that initial uh, softening to start the conversation is what can help. So have you had judgment for being vulnerable and open? Um, hmm. And like specifically as a man, right? Like has that been, because you know, you're, you're talking about kind of the difference with, with men and women and how men process things and, and respond to things. And so, so have you had that, you know, uh, like, man up or oh my gosh you're a man and you're crying or whatever it may be that's just so wrong and inappropriate but like mm-hmm. have you experienced mm-hmm. that yourself i have sometimes i think it's it's really uh some guys on the server many guys have had that experience so what i <laughs> i'm such a guarded person and i um it takes me a lot to open up i think really be open which i think is probably common um and I tend to surround myself with people that embrace that part of me. Um, so it's almost like I'm self-selecting a group of people that if I do open up, they're like, yeah, dude, go for it. <laughs> like I've already put myself into that crew. <laughs> On a date, I've had uh, a woman say, I don't I forget what she said, but kind of mocked me or ridiculed me for being that way or being vulnerable or being 
uh, more open, more in touch with my emotions. Because it can come across, I've been told I'm feminine or I've got like a, a softer side or something like that. Um, and depending on the context, it may or may not be a good thing, you know. Um, but I think it sounds, uh, maybe it's not unpredictable that as an engineer I'd say this, but like I kind of calculate my vulnerability I, it, now that now that i'm now that i'm aware of it i used to not be that way i used to just be like either you get nothing or i'm just way out there and now it's more of like okay this person has demonstrated through knowing them for example i used to work with a guy worked with them for like 10 years and i was like you know if i if i tell him this thing i literally sat there and thought about this if i tell him about this part of my life I'm opening a new door that he can either walk through or he can like kick shut or something. And it was a choice to be vulnerable and it was an investment in a relationship. And in that case it paid off. And it like when I talk about the calculated vulnerability, it's like you kind of make a judgment call. Yeah, you kind of assess you know? who's safe to be vulnerable around. That right. makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, that makes total sense. Um it just it must be I'm trying to put myself in a man's shoes and that's very difficult to do. Um, but you know, I know for mm. me, I've been told my whole life that I'm too sensitive. So I just, you know, steered into the skid and I just talk about feelings all the time. But being told <laughs> you're sensitive as a woman is a different experience than being told you're sensitive as a man, you know? You, you know, now that you say that, <laughs> that is exactly what the woman told me. You're too sensitive. <laughs> because it, as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, that's what she said. She said, you're too sensitive. And I was like, and it, oh, it stung. Oh. It stung. It like it, I withdrew. I put up a guard. I was very curt with my responses. And then like a week or two later, I'm like, I'm not too sensitive. You're just too insensitive. <laughs> I was like, you're too, you're too callous. Like, but like, I didn't place the blame completely on myself. I was yeah. like, that's a trait of who I am. And in this situation, she hasn't, you know, she wasn't too friendly about it so it hurt she she wasn't into it but it sounds like maybe she wasn't familiar with it either maybe she'd never encountered a man who knew how to talk about emotions yeah 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 and i think that can be um confusing in some ways um usually usually it's respected and kind of quietly admired until but i don't hear about it um um but i think it's 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 who i am and I think that was probably the other, you know, back to what caused me to um, start Visible Man was I love that. Um, aligning who I've always been on the inside with who I am on the outside. And it was it was like taking off a, a like a leather coat that was three sizes too small. Uh -huh. It was just like, ah, it was like and it was uncomfortable. But but then I knew that you know, my outward being was the same as the inside and whoever didn't like the outside can fuck off, frankly, <laughs> you know, but, but that's, it's a hard thing to, to, it's easy to say, but it's hard, you know, when people leave your life because you're like, I'm going to, in the case of opening up to that coworker and, um, choosing to be vulnerable, um, he could have kicked the door shut and that hurts. It hurts when people, you know, reject you. Um, but it, you know, over over time as i've surrounded myself and through therapy and acceptance and you know looking at myself that i'm like no that that's not a bad thing it's just who i am and if they don't like it that maybe we're not a good fit for each other in whatever capacity that relationship was
So I love that you're talking about this for so many reasons, but one of the reasons is on this podcast, in the therapy room, I'm always talking about, you know, Instagram therapy versus reality therapy. And I feel like so, so much that you see on social media and, you know, those buzzwords are like confidence and be yourself and you do you and whatever Mm. all that is. Mm -hmm. And you just explaining this is showing that like, those are nice messages, but it's so much more complicated than that. And it takes a lot of like (laughs) raw, honest work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an emotional workout, you know, like you're, um, you know, you look at the guys or gals that are, you know, they can deadlift 315 pounds and you're like, that's impressive, but they didn't show up and do that in one day. You know, they got sleep. They have friends to, make sure they go to the gym, they eat properly. They probably don't drink excessively or have habits that detract them from that goal. Um, it, but it's hard. It's hard stuff. It's easier, you know, the Instagram therapy of these trite messages or aphorisms, I think is a word where, you know, it's like easier said and it's like, Oh, just live this way. It's like an instruction manual, but doing it and putting it together can be tiring. It can be really tiring. Yeah. Absolutely. And hard, tiring and difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, and I was talking with somebody earlier about that, um, about how, how it's, uh, oh, <laughs> that's what I said is that I have a masochistic streak. And when I used to, when I, in the beginning, when I would go to therapy, I, I didn't think that it was effective unless I'd left in tears or exhausted or like, like I, if I'm going to go to the gym, I got to leave sweating and like, sore and maybe some couple bruises like otherwise why am I going you know <laughs> and um my therapist is great and she knows me and uh <laughs> she's like yeah I, I don't I don't think you're in a spot for that today you know <laughs> like you you're kind of you're poking at me to get me to make those things happen and what's the goal is the goal really to grow or is it to hurt yourself so right. recognizing um, that you know, line is is crucial that that yeah. that's so funny that you say that though because I always joke with, uh, so often I'll have clients and if it's a new client and maybe the first time they cry they say I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry mm. which just breaks my heart because there's nothing wrong with crying but I always make mm. the joke I go hey I get a bonus every time I make someone cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and so often people are like <sighs> you do <laughs> like yeah it's it's part of the licensure I, I yeah <laughs> In fact, if you can sign here how many times you've cried this week, and yeah. I see if I can make the extra payment on my card. <laughs> so, um, yeah. what? Where are you trying to go with Visible Man? Like, what would you like it to look like? I would love for it to be a network of men and men's health advocates and professionals who I identify um with the values that visible man has of helping men uh, and and not i should be very clear not in a misogynistic or red pill way that's one of the things that um people often ask is like well you know do you are you, what do you have against women well, nothing at all we just want men to survive you know um but i would love for it to be um a, a network of um men and women that advocate for men's mental health that you can identify in a crowd that you know if you go into that store that they advocate for that, you know to, that if it's a professional that they're familiar with that um, and that they 
um, are in tune with the needs of men specifically and how to reach men. Um, it So far, we have a man, at least one man on every continent. Um, we, yeah, we have, I'm super proud of that. That is so cool. <laughs> we, we have um, a general chat, um, like I said earlier, where there's men and women. Um, we have a question of the day that gets the conversations going. And we have processes and, and moderators in the chat all the time. Um, we've specifically tried to find people that are in different time zones. So that people who have late nights, you know, so there's a guy, you know, that's in India, for example, or um, Iran that, you know, they have different time zones and different energy points. Um, but we have a process whereby uh, if there is something concerning in a separate channel of the chat, you can think of Discord like a house where there's rooms and entry criteria for each room and restrictions and things. We have an administrator's chat. And we can tag privately the professionals that are in the server to put them on alert. Um, And we're, you know, like I said, Invisible Man is not a crisis center. So as soon as we get the feeling that something is beyond our capability as peer supports, we're like, yeah, we got to talk to somebody and we have to refer them. Um, And so we've had cases where somebody says something concerning and we pull them in and they're on the phone with somebody. Um, And... So I would love for it to be um, kind of the bleeding edge of um, pushing out the boundary on making men's mental health um, just part of wellness and not some kind of um, uh, stigmatized thing. That's that's incredible. And so how often are people on the servers? Like how frequently can people go on and have these chats? Um, We're always online. Um, so, you know, the server is never offline and it just kind of depends on what time zone you're in, who's online and who's not. Um, Discord has a text voice and video. So if you, we have like quiet rooms or if you like a, like an office mate where you're just on voice, but you're just kind of chit chatting and you're doing your work. Um, so they can go on anytime. Um, most, uh, most of the members are in the U S probably half of them. Um, and, um, but, you know, there's, uh, I'll, I'll sign on and somebody will be saying good evening because they're in Australia. So, you know, it's like, it just depends on when you catch somebody. But yeah, I mean, I, um, I talk to them every day personally, uh, and there's guys that are on every day. Uh, and, um, yeah, we check it. Yeah. Like there's a guy actually, um, our next, um, our next guest is a guy from uh, Oakland who's has, overcome addiction and so like <laughs> he's great because he's in the west coast so he can handle the guys when i have to I, I go to bed early so he's still up so yeah there's there's usually always somebody around wow that's incredible that you've built that thanks um now i have to ask obviously everyone goes through their own struggles but are you would you say you're in a better place than you were a few years ago definitely definitely i say that with complete <laughs> confidence that I'm in a better place. I could always be in a better place, but, um, I, I drink occasionally, but I don't not, I, oh, I used to drink like two bottles of whiskey a week. I would show up. Oh, I'd show up. Oh, over, oh, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Just like late nights, bad judgment, um, poor coping skills. Um, I used to really, really struggle with being alone just with myself 
like when I moved into my apartment, um, on the transition days with my kids, when they would go back with their mom, when that was Wednesday and Wednesday nights were terrible. Cause I would just be alone with this like terrible, you know, thought processes. Now I look forward to those times because it means I can work on my plants or I can play guitar or I can go kayaking. And it's like, so I am in a better place. Uh, and I have a, I have a better, um, pulse on my dial gauges you know like i know that if i haven't slept or eaten or drank enough water or exercised or had taken a break from stuff and i'm gonna snap at somebody and i you know if i look oh my gosh my kids would say that the most frightening thing that they've experienced was when i would lose my temper and yell and i would i would be at seem i would just internalize so much and then i would explode like a bomb it was terrifying for everybody involved because by the time the words left my mouth it shit broke loose it was just crazy not anymore it hasn't happened in years and years and years so it's almost like i've been able to yeah i'm in a much better place long story so and i imagine that that in turn your relationship with your daughters has improved oh it's awesome i I could talk i could talk about that for hours it's great yeah they're um and they're doing well yeah 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 my um my older daughter uh had had been an inpatient nine times through her teen years and now she's a junior in college and she's got good grades and she's wants to go into social work um my younger daughter you know we sit and talk for an hour every day about everything put a topic out there we talk about it um so yeah my it that was that was one of the things that i really um I struggled to see it when it was happening, but my therapist would say that my kids mirror my behaviors and model what I model. And and then after like a year or two of her saying that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I see that now. I can see Shit, it. Like, you're if, right. Yeah. If, we, if you could plot our wellness on a chart, which I totally want to do as an engineer, like they would totally be in sync and overlap. Um, and so now it's not uncommon it's it's it would be uncommon for us to not mention something in a conversation like you know i I just need to take a break from this conversation we come back to it later or i really felt this way can we talk about that like and it's just it's just a part of you guys are poster children for therapy this is amazing (laughs) it's i'm so proud of my kids i'm so proud of them like they're they're um i mean anybody who has kids feels that way about their kids you know but like um yeah, it, yeah, I'm in a better place, and I think the people around me are in a better place because of it. Well, and I love that you are sharing this because I think that, you know, so often we hear these messages of, you know, you can feel better, help is possible, you know, all of that, but actually hearing specifics about, oh, like that picture that you were talking about, I think is so valuable. So thank you so much for sharing about that. And how can people get involved with Visible Man? So. If you go to our website, visibleman.org, um, from there, there's a button to join the chat. Uh, on Instagram, it's visibleman underscore org, and we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and if you go to visibleman.org, um, then joining the chat, literally, you know, I'll see you pop in, or one of the moderators will see you pop in. And well, you can is that for chatting. women, too? Like, if women want to go to your website, and you'll put them in the Yep, everybody chat. comes into the welcome room. Okay. We all just start talking, um, and uh, we have a moderator who will welcome you and say, if you want to be a part of this over here, if not, you're welcome to hang out here. Oh, cool. Okay. And then we have um, a guest every couple of weeks on the podcast, and then every Thursday night at 8 
Eastern, we have the VM live show too that gets published on all the podcast platforms. Oh my gosh, and it's called Visible Man. Visible Man, yeah. Also, yeah. Awesome. I'm I'm so excited that you're doing this. I can't believe you have people from all seven continents. There's seven continents, right? Yeah, I think so. From all yeah. continents. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That is so great. Thank you so much for coming on and helping, you know, destigmatize mental health and sharing your experience and, you know, showing people that it's possible for them to be okay-ish. Thanks, Mary Ellen. Thanks for having me. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.